welcome, all you beautiful souls. We are Cat and Ash of Empathetic Villains, and we are here to share our personal thoughts and opinions about our healing journeys and what we've learned along the way. And random chaos. <laughs> and us talking before this podcast for 45 minutes, trying to figure out how to word a very simple concept. It's okay chaos. not to be okay. <laughs> chaos. Complete chaos. Not everything needs a response. It's okay to lose sometimes. It builds character. Ugh. Learning yep. to set yourself up for <laughs> success. We just packed so much into 60 seconds because I'm really good at putting words together that don't make sentences <laughs> or complete thoughts. Didn't I say that exact sentence five minutes ago? Yeah, you did. What cool, is going cool, on? Cool. So we just got finished recording. Um our fun spooky Wisconsin episode. And now we're recording a second episode. So we're going to see how this goes. This could be chaos. This could be disastrous. This could be hysterical. <laughs> or it could be terrible. Really, I just want people to just stop complaining and having a comment about everything. <laughs> so we're doing a whole episode on it? Yes. <laughs> Don't be an internet troll. Don't be an internet troll. I think, honestly, this day and age, though, with social media and stuff the way it is, like... <sighs> Hold, please. Talk for a second. <laughs> okay. I feel like people have just gotten to be, like, worse. I don't know. It's so it's so much easier to not have to be kind to people anymore and to be able to say whatever you want with no consequences and um it's just it's it's weird i think it's so much harder on your mental health and you know your healing to have to have all of those things so where did you go Place. I'm so confused. She just left. This is her show. I don't even know what's going on. What? I had to answer the door. You'd answer the door? I my sister needed paper. I'm back. I forgot what we're even talking about. This day and age, people have an opinion about everything. Oh, and it's so easy to, like, say those things online or say those things via text message or, you know, say things that maybe you wouldn't normally have said and not be able to have those real-life conversations about those things instead. Right. It's easier to, what do they call it, uh, keyboard warrior than to yeah. say it to someone's face. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, if you wouldn't say it to someone's face, you probably don't need to be saying it anywhere else. Right. Like, yes, is somebody probably saying something stupid? Do they need to be point? Do you need to point out that they're being stupid? (laughs) Not always. (laughs) Like, if someone's going on about an ignorant rant, is it okay to say? stop that's not appropriate yes but don't continue to argue with them because a they don't think they're wrong and b you're just gonna keep arguing and they're just gonna keep responding back to you because they don't know any better like they just want to argue for the sake of arguing donna donna <laughs> donna 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 there's a shark in your house donna there is. She's not getting close enough. Oh, I suffer. Char-char! 
I didn't even know she was in here. This is a surprise for all of us. Thank you, come here. But yeah, oh. like just and like so much of things is about tone. And it's so hard to convey a message and the tone of the message. Like someone can say something completely sarcastic, joking, satire, and somebody is going to go to their deathbed arguing how inappropriate you are or how offensive you are or how can you think that when it was clearly a joke <laughs> and even if you tell them it was a joke they're they still argue with you <laughs> can't we just be nice to one another I think a lot of it has to do with like communication too. I feel like the older I get, the more I understand how important communication is. Yes. And I don't feel like we were, not that this is a dig on anyone. It, it's just a sign for the times when we were growing up, like, you know, it was a different time and I forget. Well, yeah, we were... We were taught to respect our elders. Right. We were taught if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. We were taught to sit there and be quiet. And I think in retrospective, like those are very good skills to have and very good things to 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 know how to do, kind of like self-calming yourself. Um, self-regulating um, it's good to have those tools in your toolbox like wait to be spoken to and I don't think it's necessarily a slap in the face and say like I think now that we've grown we are also comfortable to speak our minds we are also confident enough now to say hey this isn't something that I'm okay with that's my boundary and here's why that goes along with your communication we've learned to communicate but those core skills we've forgotten like do we have to communicate everything probably not does everything need an answer probably not I think it's one of those those boundary things too like Yeah, I mean, not everything that we taught or how our parents treated us was, um, how do I say it? it, wasn't for lack of they didn't know what to do because they didn't have the resources that we didn't. They don't know. They didn't know a lot about mental health. And um, did they ignore a lot of things? Probably But again, they didn't know any better. And I think in them instilling those um, key elements of just respecting your elders. Does everybody deserve respect? Not always. But then again, that goes back to um, treat others how you would want them to treat you. And if somebody is just belligerent and yelling at you, no, you don't have to respect your elder in that situation. But if somebody is speaking to you, whether they're older than you or younger than you, like just listen and try to see where they're coming from and don't like bite back at them just to bite back at them. Be like, hey, in a calm manner, like... (laughs) I see where you're going with that and this is my opinion and if they don't respect your opinion they're already highly elevated there's no reason to argue with them because no matter what you say they're not going to back down they're always going to think they're right like you tried your best but in that and you moment still have your feelings about it right it's, it's not worth it's not, it's not worth, worth giving up your energy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like learning what those battles are you want to fight and you don't want to fight. And like you said, like still remaining respectful and 
you know, not being rude or whatever, but also being to able to walk away to their on their levels. <laughs> right. Like, and I think like teaching our kids like those core values, like I see the point of view where parents want to have their kids feel accomplished. They want their kids to feel appreciated, part of a group, part of something. But if either you are fighting for everyone on the team to get equal amounts of playing time or fighting for everyone to get a trophy, that's not teaching your children or any adult valuable lessons in learning disappointment and learning that you don't win all the time. Like if you're putting in the work and I think this is true as adults now, like so much of the time we see people at work that aren't putting in the work, that aren't putting in the time, that aren't doing their jobs and everyone else has to fill in for them and make up for that time or like group project you know there's so many different scenarios where I think the critical skill is learning to trust people but also learning that sometimes people disappoint you and you're going to be disappointed in life and you have to learn how to move up and above from that and grow from that and well real quick not to interrupt you but like (laughs) you know the whole purpose of school is to get you to go to college to get into the working field Mm -hmm. and when you don't incorporate the things that are actual like real life situations that will happen in life when you are in the working world Like, what are you doing? You're not preparing them for anything. Right. And that's how you get kids that are just thrust. You know, we've had this conversation before my parents and my husband and I about going to college and stuff. And you're just thrust into here, make this really big life decision when you're 17, 18 years old and then sign up for a bunch of debt. And then we'll just keep screwing you with the debt. And then you're going to get this degree and you're going to get this enormous, fantastic job that's going to pay you so much money. Right. And this this thing of lies that we were sold, you know, later on in life in school. And I'm not like making excuses for anything, but they really do push it down your throat in high school. And you're made to feel like that's the only option. And if you do steps X, Y, Z, you'll be exactly where you want to be. And it's, it's none of it's true. And they haven't prepared you for any part of real life whatsoever. And you are still such a baby and you're making all these big life decisions, like what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it just doesn't seem right to me. It just seems weird to me that we aren't teaching any actual real life lessons besides just geography and which is funny because I feel like even when we were in school and then when I went back to college a second time like they're always like we're really focusing on critical life skills or critical problem solving cool but are you because you're not And like in a real world situation, if you have an issue with one of your coworkers, you are allowed to go to your supervisor, your HR team, and you're allowed to tell those grievances to someone. When you're in a group setting, like for school, as an example, like they tell you, oh, well, you just have to deal with it. You just have to deal with it. You have to learn to work around it. And that's not realistic. Like, that's not Gosh, fair. Because those people should be fired. Well, right. <laughs> like, if you're not being, so I go back to this sports analogy. If you're not putting in the time, if you're not showing up to practice, if you're not 
sitting there with your head in the game. I don't care if you're the best player on the team. I don't care if you're the worst player on the team. If you're not putting in the work, you don't deserve to play. And I'm sorry that your kid's sitting on the bench, but have you been to practice? Do you see what they're doing in practice? Do you drop them off at practice? Like, this whole... And it's so hard. It's hard because it's like... Like everything else we talk about or, you know, have been talking about on this podcast and just in life in general, it's always like trying to find the middle of those two extremes, right? Give your kids enough discipline that they don't turn out to be entitled little brats, but also like make sure they know that they're loved and, you know, explain to them the things they do wrong and, you know, try not to emotionally scar them for the rest of their life by yelling at them because you're overstimulated one day or whatever it is. And it's like everything else. You just, you're trying to find that middle, that middle ground of everything. And it is hard because I think, I think what gets lost in translation and raising children and growing up and is that you're a parent or you're a caregiver of someone, they don't know any better. You're teaching them to be a human being. And they're watching everything you do, everything you say, even if you try and hide things from them. And it's, they... They will find what you say later on in life, too. Like, some some parents, I just want to use this as an example because it's really irritating me, but someone posted something about how a school team didn't deserve something um, just because their team lost. And... First of all, these are children. They're all doing their best. It's a game. Calm down. Like, at the end of the day, like, these kids, I don't care if it's the winning team, the losing team, they all work their butts off to get where they are. And they're all fighting for the same thing. Someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And I think teaching people that it's okay to there's always going to be someone who loses you're not always going to be number one it doesn't mean you didn't give your best just keep working harder some kids are just faster than other kids no matter how hard you work no matter how hard you train someone's always going to run faster than you if that's who they are you can't change your genetics. <laughs> like, and I think that's hard because I think we we teach kids and I'm going off of my own in my head experiences, not we know I don't have children, but like I think like when if you're someone on the spectrum, you're someone more sensitive, I think we obsess about well, if I work hard, I can get it. I'm not working hard enough. That's why I'm not achieving something, which, <laughs> <Yeah>. isn't, <laughs> which isn't the case. Like we're all good at something different. We just have to find our niche. And if we keep working towards something because someone said, if you work hard enough, it'll just come to you. No, we have to be realistic with ourselves and with um, other people. Like we have to be realistic. Sometimes that job isn't for that person or that sport isn't for that person. And you have to listen and you have to maybe verge someone somewhere else. Like just because your parent does this. That means you should be good at it. Just because you want your child to follow in your footsteps doesn't mean they should, because maybe they're really good at something else. Maybe they're really smart 
about history and you are really smart at being a doctor and science like science science. (laughs) like our brains which which I really like that our school system um has like these different niche schools for kids um because I think everybody has a place now and you're with the people that are passionate about the things that you're passionate about you're not stuck learning about something that you want to rip your eyes out (laughs) like and I think that's important in life like you are setting yourself up for success when you surround yourself with people that share your interests people who want to celebrate you people who think hey you grew that plant from nothing that's really cool (laughs) or your other people hey you hit that ball really hard good job like you surround yourself with the people who share your passions and like being there for your group or your team or your family like cheering them on and say hey you did that really good and or like hey that wasn't the best but how can we fix it instead of dwelling on oh you lose you're such a loser no like you did your best it happens let's move on I've always tried to with the boys since they were little because they've always been interested in sports, but of course not the one I wanted them to play. Um, But they have their sport that they love. And since they were little and they were first learning how to play, we made sure they knew like part of winning is also being able to lose gracefully. And just because you lose does not mean you get to throw a temper tantrum. You still celebrate the people who did win. And I mean, like I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a nerd when I'm at their games, like, you know, if the other goalie, even if they save one of our goals, like if they made a good play, that mom in me is like, oh, good job, buddy. And <laughs> right? sometimes the moms are looking at me like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, that's someone else's kid out there. Like, I don't hate him because he's on the other team. Like, that's crazy. Right. Kids, I always want them to be playing at a kid-like level as far as yeah, you still shake hands and um the kids right now, it's very cute. Both teams run around the field and hit, like, high-five every single parent's hand on both sides of the field. So, like, I love that they do that because they need to learn that, yes, they are going to lose sometimes. And it is how you handle that losing that is really telling. And that is your character. And that is showing, you know, that is showing that you are a big enough person to celebrate someone else's win when it means your own loss. Well, and- right. if you <clears throat> look at professional football players or professional players in general, how many times do they get drafted to different teams? Like if you're going to be a jerk to someone, you better hope that you don't get drafted to that team. Right. Because- <laughs> like yeah there's a little friendly competition you get into the you get into it some words are said whatever but at the end of the day like help the player up like I this so this is the first year that I've been an avid sports watcher of my (laughs) best person watcher people I don't spectator (laughs) but no it makes me happy when like our team helps the other team up off the ground or they Mm -hmm. like are just like yeah your tensions are high yeah you both want to win it's a big game but that camaraderie that's Mm -hmm. there like you're both you're both playing the same sport like if you're hurt like you would expect someone to say hey are you okay and one of my nephews well they're both pretty good at it 
um, is checking on their teammates after they've been hurt or saying, hey, that was really good. Like, they're both good at that. Um, One's a little more competitive than the other. (laughs) But, I mean, just... And, and like, as parents, like, be proud of that. Like, say, hey, that was really cool. Or as a coach, be like, hey, that was really cool. Good job. Instead of being so angry, like, that you're yelling at students that aren't even playing the game. <laughs> like, and that's a coach. <laughs> why are you so angry I just like I also just find it insane like I understand sometimes getting worked up at your kids sporting events and stuff right but like some people that take it to an insane level right I I don't I can't make it make sense like the poor kid that's on the field is probably 13 years old who's roughing the game the kids out there are 10 years old and you are screaming and freaking out. And like, it's not that serious, right? And if it is that serious, then both of the coaches from the teams should be the ones getting involved in taking care of the issue. Like a parent does not need to be screaming about these things. I just find it. Well, I mean, there's healthy, there's healthy cheering your kids on. There's healthy, oh, like, being upset with the refs. But I mean, no. somebody else screaming at a kid or another parent. Like, you guys, your kids are watching these interactions. And, <sighs> oh, my God. There was, at the game, these parents were, like, yelling. And their little kid, like, next to them was yelling, like, at the refs, too. Like, don't. Like, it's one thing when you're a parent, whatever, but when your kid starts doing it, like, that, they don't even know. Like, that's not okay. I think it's a whole, like, another topic, but it's just the whole emphasis we put on professionals, um, like, sports. I don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't understand why we pay these people so much just because it's a and entertainment whatever but think of how much money those people are getting just to sit on the bench it's infuriating seriously there are so many of us that work so hard and it is so infuriating (laughs) infuriating but if so when you look at the amount of people that hold so much wealth in this world for doing brain dead stuff and i'm not saying there's not talent involved in these things I mean, I'm just saying, athlete. There's a good amount of talent you have to have. Yes, absolutely. But I will say that are your chances of becoming a pro athlete, no matter what sport? Like, what are your what are your chances of becoming a celebrity from that? How many people are on any given team that you don't even know their names? You've never seen them play, but they're an intricate part of the team because every week they're working on plays together. They're working on, I mean, I still don't think they should be paid or whatever, but if you're thinking of <laughs> as you teach your children, like, hey, you're not the quarterback. Hey, you're not the receiver, whatever, sports terms. <laughs> term here sports (laughs) I mean you're not the best player on the team but are you important yeah could you still make it to the professionals maybe like just keep working at it if that's what you're passionate about but at some point you have to teach someone that it's okay to fail (laughs) like if I continue to work my butt off at interior design what we went to school for had I worked my butt off for that terrible idea (laughs) right like I don't care how hard I worked I'm never gonna be an award-winning design person hold up quick question where do you think we would be right now if we were that 
No, no, because we were never going to make it happen. Like, not a chance. Where do you think we would be right now if instead of us going to college together for interior design, we went to college together for accounting? We would still hate our life. Cool, cool. I don't know. (laughs) Think about it. You can get back to me later. But high school me didn't know what I was good at because I don't think anybody ever sat down with me and said, hey, you're really good at this. Hey, you're really good at categorizing things. No, I was just always told I can't spell (laughs) or you're not getting the work done or, you know, just focus on all the things I'm not doing. But no one ever said, hey, you're really good at this. I think you might do this really well. (laughs) You want to know what I wanted to be when I was in high school? A marine mammal trainer? Because that's what I wanted (laughs) That sounds awesome. (laughs) Can I be that now? Yes. (laughs) Screw you numbers. I'm what what am I becoming? A marine mammal trainer. Perfect. I have to go to Hawaii to to learn. Okay, done. (laughs) Marine, you have to be, well, I don't think you have to be a marine biologist, but I think it helps. (laughs) Now, the ocean is terrifying. <laughs> yes, factual. Now you made me totally lose my train I'm of sorry. thought. Oh, in in high school, what I wanted to be, I wanted to be a therapist. You would have been really good. At it. And she talked me into going for interior design. I also really liked accounting in high school. I took accounting and advanced accounting, and I loved it. I was very good at it, but yet. My we had accounting in high school we could take. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I See? took it with I took it with my friend Sam, and um, I just always did all of our work, and she didn't have to do anything. She loved it; it was great. But she I was my feel like in high school, and I would just I would take it all home and do it. And she also works in accounting, so look but at like, us. High school me hated math. High school I me didn't want to. I hate math to this day, but math is not accounting. I was really passionate about learning French. Do you think I could? I stuck with that for three years. <laughs> Do you think I can speak French? No. I can still remember some Spanish, but that I was real passionate about staying in French. I mean, I passed it every year. <laughs> I believe I got a B. I didn't do terrible in it, but it, to this day, I can't speak French. Yeah, I can I can speak some Spanish, but took, not, probably not very well and probably not at all grammatically correct. I feel so. I feel like I might have been good at art architecture, but I loved drafting. Okay. I loved AutoCAD. I wasn't allowed to take the drafting class in high school which was stupid. There were like five seniors and we we signed up for it, but then we were told there wasn't enough room in the class. So we couldn't take it. So I feel like I probably would have been really good though at architecture had I had that. But no, I went for interior design. (laughs) Because we're idiots. But right, like there's so many avenues we could have gone down but the resources weren't available and like lighting I was kind of passionate about lighting but lighting class god that was awful right though like I kind of called a class it was not even a class it wasn't I enjoyed four hundred dollars to just sit and talk all day we didn't even have a classroom we had to sit in the design library yep correct (laughs) correct what did we pay for I don't even know but like I didn't we have to buy like three textbooks for that class too and then we used none of them lighting um we just had the packet i think are you sure because i for some reason i distinctly remember i was also irrationally angry about the fact that we had to buy no or maybe that it was, was history of furniture you were upset Ooh. about all the books Ooh. but no 
lighting, we had to go on all those stupid field trips. And that gave me the worst. I think I had to take lighting twice, maybe. Because was it lighting or the other one? I don't remember. The class that we had to take a million field trips on gave me so much anxiety. I literally stopped going. (laughs) No, because I was, it wouldn't have been lighting because you and I had lighting together. There's one class that I had to retake and then you abandoned me and I was stuck with the other best friend that is no longer my best friend. I couldn't do it anymore. I don't blame you. But see, my brain was like, well, I'm stuck in this. So now I have to do it. Like I have to finish it instead of being smart and be like, hey, this isn't the best use of my money. I don't know. I I struggled with that decision really, really badly um, at the time because I was, like, terrified to tell my dad I didn't want to finish college because they helped me pay for school. And I, as a daughter, <laughs> obviously don't want to disappoint my dad. That's the biggest fear in life, right? And I was so terrified. I don't know to that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was so terrified to tell him because I was like, he's going to be so disappointed in me. But like, I just, I did not feel like I belonged there. I did not like it. I thought they did not make make for you to feel um, apart. And that really irritated me was it's not, they really dug down into, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel like the work that we were putting into it wasn't appreciated and we weren't looked at for our work. We were looked at for our networking ability Mm -hmm. and if we could copy and paste ideas. I And that's, I mean, when I described him, I was just like, I don't think this is okay. Like, I did the assignment. Were you in the class that it was one of my, I think it was my commercial design class. And it was my same teacher. Huh? I think we had commercial together. And it was my same teacher that was my AutoCAD teacher. And she (laughs) had said, um, During class one day, she was like, everyone's projects are hanging in the library, so take a look at them when you guys go past. Except for yours, Ashley, I need to talk to you. Okay, in front of the whole class, really embarrassing. Yeah. And she pulled me aside and she was like, you have to redo yours. I have to fail you on this. And I'm like, what the heck? And she just like belittled what I did. She hated it. And I'm like, I followed all of the instructions. Like, I don't understand how you can fail me. Like, you just don't like what I came up with. Like, I spent a lot of time on this. How can you, how can you fail someone on something that's subjective? Right. When they follow the instructions. Art is subjective. Right. Right. And I, I, I guess it was like the first time in my life that I was like, right, you're an adult. You can, you don't have to put up with people treating you like that anymore. You aren't in elementary school and you can't talk back to anyone and you're not being rude. You're just not going back to that environment. And I think that was, you know, after having the conversation with my dad and he was like, if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. I'm not, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to get a degree. You can succeed in life without doing all of those things. You have to work hard and, you know, but you don't have to succeed at everything you try to do. You tried it. You did it for two and a half years because I went over the summer. I had done a semester through summer. And uh, it's like, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And, you know, being okay with failing at that and, you know, now I wish I would have switched majors and stuff, but also like then I probably wouldn't have met all the people I met along the way and, you know, gotten to where we are right now. So it's, it is what it is. It is Be okay with those things that don't go your way. Right. 
Well, yeah, and like it was such a learning curve. Like I didn't know that we were going to school with like set builders or like people who like <laughs> built all like just builders in general. Like I didn't know that was a prerequisite for being an interior designer because we were given very little direction. But the people who went above and beyond were praised. But like the people who didn't know the resources, I didn't know I could copy a designer from a book. I didn't know, like I didn't know that I had to build this amazing showcase for our portfolio show. Like if you don't give people direction, like you can't I don't know what the right word is. It's just expectations of people. Like so you lay out a rubric and you have your basic whatever you need. But then to not give any like input on that or and this like oh like put a grading system as far as this is above the top and elaborate and didn't don't didn't they do such a great job but then you're someone who has never built a lamp in your life has no idea i think we built lamps in seventh <laughs> i don't know how to electricity thing well, is that gonna help you be an interior designer half the stuff we did had nothing to do with anything i'm sorry but ask me right now if any person on the planet listening to this knows the difference between uh louis the 13th and louis the 14th chair and different um i will fight you on that because i enjoyed history of furniture terrible awful terrible but, that, but, but again that's because i like certain aspects of history like if you start spouting off to me about like war history i'm out like i don't care like i don't even know i think i still have reoccurring nightmares of not passing government and not graduating high school <laughs> because i didn't care <laughs> like but yeah you give me like art history i'm fascinated by that you're a psychopath. <laughs> but I'm just saying. like I've never had anything more in my entire life. It was the worst class ever. <laughs> and it was so expensive. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's a terrible class. <laughs> well, and it was too. The other thing, too, was like when I... I don't know about you, but when I was in college, I was also working full time. And um, a lot of the people we went to school with didn't work. So they could have all this time to work on their projects and stuff. And um, it, I was working 40 hours a week plus um, going to school full time, full credits. On, and then on Saturdays, trying to see my friends because, you know, it was what? 19, 20 years old. But like, yeah, I don't have unlimited resources and I still lived at home with my parents, but like they weren't. But when you're given minimal my projects stuff. Right. If, but if when you're given minimal explanation and minimal um expectations of what you need to accomplish, it's very difficult because Again, art is subjective. So when you subjective. give it. minimal <laughs> minimal guideline or like you teach one thing, but then you grade on something completely different, which is why I think like in my brain, how how I managed to get through school is I listened to what the teachers were saying and even in high school I listened I barely read any textbook because once I started reading the textbook the textbook was it 
that was what it's supposed to be, right? Like if I read it in this paragraph and I did the homework, Mm -hmm. that is what I'm supposed to be retaining, correct? Mm -hmm. No, but then the teacher, right, the teacher is saying something completely different and teaching something completely different than the textbook and which one's going to be on the test. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why I was always bad at tests because you're until you take like that first test, you don't know what they're testing you on. I wish I would have known to think of that when I was in high school because I could have rocked the crap out of those packets that you take home and read and fill out. Right. Keywords. (laughs) You put it on a test. Mm -mm. That information went right out the window, dude. Well, right. Which is why I think I was so bad at this podcast went completely off kilter, but (laughs) I don't even remember what we were originally talking about. (laughs) Just be nicer people. This is the general of all of our podcasts. It's just an underlying part of every podcast. I don't know. I just feel like teaching people to be more accountable. Maybe that was our main topic. Just teaching accountability and that you don't always have to be right. You don't always have to win. Like, being okay with being disappointed is key. Well, and like, learning to not be so emotional about things too. Like, trying to distance yourself from because I feel like that's where you get in trouble right you end up getting emotional about something and then you have to spout back off or you have to you know you can't shut your mouth or whatever it is and to right to learn how to like just be able to rein yourself back not say the first thing that comes to your mind you don't have to say that all the time did you know you can you cannot say that did you know that you don't have to point things out to people when they already are beating themselves up about it? <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst. The worst. I think it's so – one thing that's so interesting to me is, like, learning – I guess learning these things about myself and then you look back on stuff and it's just, like, I don't know, man. Life is wild. Wild. <laughs> Oh, that sounded that sounded really mean, didn't it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I just don't say that. <laughs> maybe don't. Maybe you should have kept that to yourself. Well, because you could be having, and this is, I feel like this is more of a spicy brain thing, where you can be having a completely different dialogue in your head. And somebody can be having a conversation with you and you're responding to the dialogue in your head, not the actual dialogue that's taking place. So you might come off as being really rude. And I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying like in general, because I feel like I've done <laughs> it too. Really rude. <laughs> saying like in general, like, you could be having that internal dialogue in your head and then respond. And then the person might've also asked you a question and then they're just like, yeah. Okay. And then you both think you're on the same page when you're not. (laughs) I feel like that's every conversation I'm a part of. I try to listen, (laughs) but then I like, I try to listen to respond. Like, I need to know if you want an answer from me or if you just want me to listen, because the whole time you're talking, I'm going to try and help you solve your problem because that's who I am as a person. (laughs) That's a huge thing that, like, I've talked to Michelle about before. Like, okay, you want to vent? Cool. Do you want me to help? Like, do you want me to commentary or do you want to just 
vent to me and I can roll with the punches. Like, which one right. do you want? Because I'm going to want to help you the whole time. So if you don't want me to continue continually go, well, have you tried this? Or <laughs> um, I read one time, if you want me to just be quiet and listen to you complain about whatever you have to complain about, I can do that. You just got to tell me. Just- and I think that's a part of a lot of miscommunication. Like, I understand that maybe I was being irrational and I understand Never. that I'm emotional. Never irrational. Uh-uh. And I understand that where I was coming from was not the appropriate place to be in. But right now, I've already accepted that I was wrong. I've already accepted and replayed in my head a million times of things I could have said better. So you giving me your advice... I'm over it. <laughs> I just want you to listen to me. I appreciate you trying to help, but I've already solved this problem in my head and I'm already beating myself up. <laughs> that is one thing. One of my old bosses used to say, I'm not going to yell at you because I already know you're beating yourself up more than I ever could. So, right. and it's like, okay, that's literally a hundred percent true. And it's, could be for the littlest tiny mistake or forgetfulness or whatever. Believe me, you will never be able to beat me up as much as I've already beat myself up. Which is why I take into account, like, when I see someone I care about being super emotional or upset about something, I try to come at it from a you can't control what other people say. You can't control what other people are going to do. You can I feel only like you're talking directly about me. <laughs> you can only control yourself and how you she rolled her eyes like she was totally talking about me. No, I'm staring at Bucky. <laughs> he's bumping mm-hmm. at me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's like, "Where's my dinner, lady?" <laughs> um. No, I I try to say this to my nephew all the time because he's emotional like us. And I try to be like, buddy, like, you're only one person in this team. Like, you did your best. You went out there and did your job. You cannot control what your teammates do. You cannot control how the other team plays. You can only do your best and that's really hard for kids sometimes like oh gosh I've had that conversation with my kids a million times you know why did this wrong and it's all my fault and no you guys are a team okay you're each important in your own way and you know things don't always go your way all the time unfortunately you're gonna have a group project Someone's not going to do what they're supposed to do. It happens in real life, too. Things are going to not go your way most of the time. Listen, Evan, I need you to do your job. I don't care how pretty you are. Just do your job. I feel like that's the Kyle of the workplace. Evans. And Craig's. Yeah. I know quite a few Craigs that fall into that category as well. Listen, Kyle, just do your job. <laughs> I don't know, man. And it's always, it's always the most personable, like, outgoing person who, like, chats everyone up and everyone's like, oh, they're so nice. And you're like, I see that they're nice, but if they could do their job so I could do my job, that'd be great. Yeah, I would really like to be very irritated with them because they are holding up the process of my job in which I need to get the rest of my work done. So um, they can be two things at once, awful and fantastic. Two things can be true. (laughs) Always be true at once. Yes. We say that all the time. I can love you from the deepest parts of my soul, but 
if you are doing something that's annoying me or hindering my ability to do something, I don't care who you are. I'm mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. be upset. Mm-hmm. That's 100% correct. Why do people think I'm so... Don't mess with my schedule. Don't mess with my timing of things. And that's on spicy brain. <laughs> don't mess with my flow. I have this set up a specific way. You cannot mess it up for me. I'm flexible to a degree. <laughs> I am yeah. accepting I'm- of change to a degree. It has to make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm like flexible even when I shouldn't be flexible. And I'm you like, are. oh, yeah. you'll just figure it out. See, my <sighs> brain automatically goes into worst case scenario and what could go wrong. It's not that I'm afraid of change. I like change, but I have to know that it makes sense. If I'm putting in work, I have to know that the time that I'm putting into it is going to benefit the long run. Because if I put all this time into it because you wanted to change something and I have to go back and fix it, I'm going to be very angry. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm at the point in my life where I just don't know. Just don't know anymore. I have control issues. This is why I am not an independent feminist woman because at the end of the day, I want to come home to someone who makes the decisions, (laughs) like who's not going to suppress me, but somebody who's able to take control and be like, hey, we have to do this. We have, like, I just want to rest my brain for a minute and I don't want to have to worry about everybody else. I don't think people understand that, though. I'm a strong, independent woman who needs to be taken care of. <laughs> hmm Well, think of the world we live in. You have to be all of those things. You have to be girl, boss, woman, hear me roar and... <sighs> It's like such a. Such is this a, a? I know we're not allowed to swear, but can I make other analogies? Yeah, sure. So is this a red room um, analogy? No. <laughs> just, just like, bear with me for a second. No. Like. <laughs> So sorry, look at the time. (laughs) No, not like that. (laughs) Everybody gets so drawn into that part of uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. I focused on the love story with (laughs) But anyway. (laughs) No, but like, I feel like every boss lady, maybe not every boss lady, but a lot of boss ladies who are constantly in their head making sure everyone's doing what they need to be doing, closing the deals, making sure everything's good, at the end of the day, just want that dominant partner to just be like, let me calm you, (laughs) like, let me make the decisions. So, men, if you're listening and you're like going, (laughs) you're going back and you're fixed on the when a girl asks you what you want to eat and she can never make a decision, that's why. Just make a decision. (laughs) And yeah, I'm going to tell you if I don't like it. Right. She doesn't even remember the restaurants that exist. Okay, dude. (laughs) Like, none of them. I promise you, if you drive me somewhere, don't even ask me. Just drive there. I'll probably find something. Unless you know for a fact it's something I'm not going to eat, like Taco Bell. (laughs) I think that's banned from our house for a while. (laughs) 
And he had food poisoning one night. I don't blame him because it's awful. (laughs) Of all the taco places you can go to. I'm not saying it was from there. And I'm not saying it was food poisoning. I'm just saying I think he got food poisoning. From Taco Bell. (laughs) That's the last place he ate. Oh, it's wow. your <laughs> I need to go to bed. On that note, I, we I have go- worked. I have worked eight hours and then three hours and then now. Welcome I need to, to Ash and Cat unhinged yet again. <laughs> Welcome to our chaos. <laughs> if you stuck with us this long. Where did we even start? Was going. How did we even get here? As always, we wish you all supportive healing journey. And did you you. start singing? We wish you Merry Christmas. (laughs) No, that was last last week's football theme. (laughs) This year, this week it's skiing. I enjoy these kids. I really do. I just, they're so fun. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining us for the ride. <laughs> Healing Amy's. <laughs> okay, love you. Bye.